Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over gloves together for Tooth Life, Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back, peeps, to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Hello, my friend. Here we are. Here, Here we, are. we are. Happy and Thursday to you as of the recording of this intro outro. Are you having yes. a good Thursday? I am having a good Thursday. Well, That's I mean, good. kind of. There's always like, you know, you wake up and 50,000 problems to deal with, but you know, it is what it is. The story story of a business yeah. owner's life. Um, yeah. But I'm good. I finished school yesterday. Um, yes. This is amazing. So I, I congratulations. I'm seeing you on the gram just like rocking it with your like restorative inlay <laughs> onlay balloon. I love it. I made a you crown. I stained and glazed yeah. a crown and an onlay and broke one. Fun fact. Okay. Zirconia after it's milled is like freaking powder soft and you've got to like cut off the little like nub thing. Um, there's a there's a fancy mm. word for that, but it's like slipping my mind right now. I think it's called a sprue. Sprue. Um, oh, and that's like zirconia is like it. yeah, it's kind of like um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like chalk, like almost. So my mm. crown, while I was cutting off my sprue, my crown flew to the floor and my margin broke, oh. and then I had to remill a new one, which is fine because it only takes five minutes, but it's like. $40. I'm like, that was a $40 mistake. Yeah. Like I can quantify what that mistake was. But mm-hmm. anywho, I finished school. Yeah, school's done. And Congratulations. Are you going to have like a graduation or something? Yeah, well, we're doing a graduation in July, like, you know, the cap and gown whole, whole gambit. And oh I'm hosting the grad party because I live down the street from where our ceremony is at this place called Meridian Hall. It's like a theater. Um, so I'm hosting the grad party um, in the like party room of my condo with like, you know, Oh my gosh, a bartender and hors d'oeuvres, just like, you know, one final hurrah to say thank you to my classmates for putting up with my BS this last nine months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I have to wait for my license to come in. Like I have to, there's like a whole thing where the school has to send my grades in like a sealed envelope to our governing body and then I have to apply for this like secondary registration. I'm sure I have to pay something because like you always have to pay something when it comes to your license. Oh yeah. Oh um, for sure. So that's you know that's all. Happening. They're not giving that to you for free, Irene. No, just for you. No, you know, God spending forbid the money they and give time us to anything for free. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid. But yeah, so that that happened this yesterday. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. Are you? My dentistry is really yes. mediocre. Like it's really, really mediocre. I wouldn't well, be proud of me yet. Speaking just us girls and everybody listening to this, and I think the we world. all see a lot of dentistry <laughs> that in the world. Mediocre. We I know. see a lot of mediocrity. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. We do. We mm-hmm. see a lot of mediocrity in, in um, you know, what we're doing and this is in cases where the clinician has been practicing for a long time and has had a lot of, has had a lot of practice. So yeah. um, I'm I was just so at, proud that you're doing this. I was at a, a facility the other day. Um, like the last couple of days we've done like onsite trainings with CAD cam 
um, mm. one day at Ivoclar, one day at Densply. And there was a slide that one of the like presenters put up on the screen. I took a screenshot of it because it's hilarious. Um, it said, I'm reading it right now. Uh, a staggering percentage of dentists think their preps are retentive, but they're not. <laughs> oh, no. Retentive preparation design like- is mandatory. And there's like this like angle, this like four to six degree yeah, friction level. The- mm-hmm. Either, yeah, like whether you have a retentive prep or a non-retentive prep, depending on what type of prep you do. But it's funny. Um, I can see how like CAD CAM technology is super humbling for a dentist who's prepping because like you can zoom things in like 20 times, even if you're wearing like Mm -hmm. awesome loops, uh, you can't always zoom things in as much. So yesterday when I was creating my online, there was like this little nubby piece of tissue that was sticking off and it was irritating me. And I was like, how do I get rid of this? Like, where do I rescan? And then the like gentleman that was helping us with our hands on came around. He's like, the reality is that that's probably like a fleck of dust. And you're seeing it because you're zooming it wow. in, but the reality is like yeah. that's not going to affect the seating of your onlay. Um, it's like the wow. smallest, thinnest little thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I should just stop obsessing and hit mail. He's like, yeah. Is that like a hygienist <laughs> thing though? Because like you know how you know how we're like notorious for being very type A, very detail oriented. You know, I mean, I I wonder how many how many clinicians are like actually using that technology, like zooming all the way in, you know, and and yeah. really. I don't know. You know, looking at all of it. It's crazy. I don't know. So that's that. So what's happening in your world? I know. Baby's growing up. (laughs) I know. She's going to leave. She's getting all grown up. Scaling nest and go into – I don't know. Well, I'm not leaving hygiene. Like I'll still do hygiene like probably a couple of days a week. My Thursdays and Fridays are hygiene days. Um, So now I'll probably replace Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with restorative. I'll probably only do like – two days, but it's just a matter of what days. And I booked my first resto filling for August the 19th. I'm doing a 1-6 oh. OL. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, one 6 is the six upper right O-L. first molar. So it's like number three yeah, for you. It's number three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so fun fact. Hold on. I want to say really fast. So okay. fun fact. <laughs> I, I actually spoke for the Saskatchewan Dental Hygienist Association. You didn't do your click. Uh, a couple. Saskatchewan. Okay. Dental Hygienization. I don't know why that was so hard for me this morning. You haven't so been I spoke to them. Clicks. I've been disappointed I in know, your clicking. I know. I know. I know. I need to get on top of it. I need to sharpen those mm-hmm. skills. So I spoke for them um, like, I don't know, a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago or something. And um, it was on anesthesia. And I would be talking about, okay, so these are the teeth in a quadrant that are anesthetized mm-hmm. when you do this procedure, this procedure, this procedure, whatever. So I realize as I'm going through this that all of the diagrams that I'm using to present this are all have the um, I don't know the proper term, but that like the how the Americans number the teeth. So okay. you know, one through thirty-two. Yeah. And so I realized like halfway through my deck, I'm like, oh my gosh, I read oh, the no. room. Yeah. I, you know, you're presenting to Canadians, Canadians, and so I'm like, okay. So <laughs> then I like switch, and I'm, I'm now I'm trying to explain to them the. You know, is it called the universal system that you all use? Yeah. So I'm like trying to explain and I'm like, okay, you know, and it was so cute. They were also, I was seeing them like pop in the chat box. Like, I'm so proud of you for trying to understand our numbering system. Oh my goodness. But uh, of course I had to, I had to remember that. Um, Yeah. So, you know, read the room. I feel like our numbers are easier to remember than your numbers. 
Like you go all I the mean, way to 32. Like if I, if you're asking yeah. me what tooth number 16 is, I got to like count the teeth per sextant to, to get like, okay, so there's three molars, two premolars and a canine. Like yeah. I need to do yeah. long division to I, figure I out like those I, teeth numbers. With your system, I have to think, okay, so one, what quadrant is that? Okay. Got it. The first and then one. what tooth number, you know, <laughs> right. The first one. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that's, that's how we have to think. And it's just, it's so funny mm. because it just goes back to, I've been using the American numbering yeah. system for, you know, whatever, almost. So my, 15, my 15, 20 years, whatever. When I ever do like speaking stuff in the U S is I don't even use num- numeration at all. I name mm-hmm. the tooth. So I say like upper yeah. right, first molar, upper right, yeah. first premolar. And then everyone that's, knows that's, what that is. That's probably the better way to do it. You know, it's interesting. I'm preparing to build some content uh, to present in Rwanda in a few months. And I I just realized now as we're talking, like, I, I should probably I have no figure idea out like, what, what their tooth number is, you know. So just name yeah. the tooth. Upper right, first yeah, premolar. That's exactly what I'll do. Everyone knows that's what that idea. one is. Period. Well, Ooh, we have an episode. solved. Okay. I'm so excited we for this. We have an Irene. episode. I'm not. Do you want to hear a song? It's cued and ready to go. Yeah, so you have no choice. I, yeah. Okay. okay. Let's and then do let's it. See Buckle if you up. can remember. Can you remember? Da, 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 da. Okay. Here we go. Something about Irene. Is this a horse with no name? Okay. Me and my wife settled down. Um, now so me and my wife is this Johnny Cash? It is Johnny Cash. No. Yes, five points for okay. Gryffindor. Another stroll downtown. <laughs> Did we interview Johnny Cash? <laughs> you missed it. Irene, good night. Yes. Good night, Irene. Good night, <laughs> no? Irene. Still no? I'll see you I, in I my dreams. You? Yes. So this is how long this episode has been sitting in the archives. So we oh, did like, man. I don't know, if, if for those of you that have been listening to the podcast since like its beginning of time, <laughs> Whitney and I did an interview of one another. And then we never did an interview of one another when Katrina came on the podcast. So like months, this has been months. Like I don't even remember when yeah. we did this. Uh, I don't but know. From, it's <laughs> been months. It. It's been sitting in the archives. So this is the episode uh, that you interviewed me. And at the end, we realized that like, I don't know, I got into some stuff that I've never shared before. Yeah. That was like a little yeah. uncomfortable. I mean, I'm uncomfortable right now just like introducing it. So for those of you that are going to listen to this, you're going to hear about something that happened in my life. I feel like it's been a lot of things it's, that are happening in my life over the last few episodes. Um, so yeah. It's a bit provocative, which I think is great. Yeah. You're all going to be like, oh my gosh, like, um, like that gif of Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Yeah, like that's, that's going to be what this that, episode. That do you know what I mean? I do. So this is an unsponsored, unedited, really, episode. Uncut. Of, uncut of how I got started as a speaker <laughs> and the shit that yeah. hits the fan you, when stuff happens. You hear the, 
good, the bad, and the I watched. Not, I watched not Legally cute. Blonde yesterday. Okay, let's oh add that gosh. to the end. Let's add that to the end of the episode. Anyways, well, here here is the episode, the Irene and Train, and we'll catch you on the flip side. On the flippity flip. Welcome back, peeps, to another oh, episode. Hold on a second, Irene. The- Remix, what? play it back, sister. Guess who's taking <laughs> over this podcast episode? And I know what you're thinking, Seriously? all of you out there in podcast land. And you're like, wait a second, Irene is normally in charge of all of this. But I want to be very clear this episode, <laughs> Katrina is taking over. Irene, Irene, you're going to have to get in the back seat, sister. Because it's my, oh my episode. Goodness. Are you ready for this? Okay. I don't no, think you can I'm handle this. Woo! I have, I have real. I have real like trust issues. Where I also do you think have that like stems real... from? Should we go? Oh should we man! Deep dive into we that? need to like. We need to dive so far back into my childhood. Oh, way back. Which way is back it's of actually a funny story. I'll I'll share a story with you about this week. This weekend, I was at DIA and I shared some stuff on stage that I'd never shared before, and that was one of them. Like. I do. I do have like a a, a problem uh, what, what's of it, sorts. What is your what is your problem of problem sorts? item of sorts? What is, what is this problem item of sorts? <laughs> I mean, I'm an only child. You're not an only child. You have siblings, yeah. so like you've had to learn how to share and like take turns and like yeah. you know be kind to others in your household. <laughs> where I have done none of that in my life, yeah. which has led, has led me to being the like imperfect human that I am today with all of my I flaws think, and faults. I think you are perfectly imperfect. And I'm saying this because I'm the oldest in my family and I'm used to being the parental figure that still has to make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. So it all stems back to our childhood. But no, I thank you, Irene, for letting me take over this episode. Um, you are tuning in uh, for an Irene and Treen episode. Uh, last time you caught up with Irene and Treen, we were talking about something, who even knows? Um, but I wanted to take over today's episode because I want to talk about the, oh, she's like aggressively applying chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, she's got like 27 you know that layers that's my of towel. When I'm uncomfortable <laughs> recording an episode, I put on, cha- that's our safe word, <laughs> that's our chapstick. Safe word, chapstick. <laughs> My safe word is keep going. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> so uh, today's episode. Go faster. Go fa- more, please. Um, more. So, faster. <laughs> hotter, better, oh, faster, stronger. So oh today's episode. We're going to do a behind the I scenes. A, I need another chair. She, I'm changing she's, chairs. She's changing I literally furniture changing apparatus. Chair. Apparatuses, apparati of sorts. So today's episode, we're going to do a behind the scenes, behind the kimono, under the skirt look <laughs> at, um, a, I want to call it a week in the life of Irene Ngaku, <clears throat> which I believe is still how you pronounce your last name, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. I want to... I want to learn about you and about what all goes into your week. And the reason why is because those of you, our viewers at home, who follow Irene on social media, which all of you do, you know that girls got like a zillion things going on. Like, Irene, you are an educator. 
You are a speaker. You do consulting with companies. You help build marketing messages for those companies. You are an influencer in the social media space. You have your own I grimace. Practice. I grimace at that word. I totally I grimace know, at that word. I know. I can see your platysma coming out because you're grimacing so much. Um, you uh, have your own private practice. You are a practice owner. You are a practicing dental hygienist. You are now going back to school for your restorative expanded functions opportunity. Um, on top of that, you've got Tooth Life Studio. So you've got the, not just the practice, but you also have your amazing swag, your pins, your your scrub caps, uh, all of the stickers and, and just amazing swag stuff that you have available for <laughs> dental peeps, uh, not just across I don't even Canada. I need to do this interview right now. Like you've just, got it all covered. Thank you. Thank you very much. Things. She and also, I also get really uncomfortable when people like know I know she does, which is why I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm, like, I'm, gonna keep going. I'm she adjusting can't even sit my, my socks and like she, fidgeting yeah, around. She can't even like, sit. I really, do, I really don't like I know you don't, but I'm going to keep going. On top of that, she's a dog mom, um, which we, uh, who doesn't love Lou? She is. Lou is the best. Lou is the highlight of this introduction. Lou is basically the big deal of the whole shebangalang. And she's just all around like fabulous and a a great human and a a kind friend. So I want to know, how do you do it all? What does it look like? To, and, and of course, the reason why we're both mm. laughing is because we both know it's not as glamorous as it looks on the outside. The highlights reel of social yeah. media really makes it look like it's all fabulous, doesn't it? She's itching her chin yeah. with her own microphone right now, in case you guys are wondering. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm itching my legs. I'm like just are your stress hives bothering you? Mine are too. Yeah, um, they were this morning, but they're gone now. But now I know that now this is happening. So it's, it's they're going to now. Be it's going to happen. My, it's my gonna cortisol happen. levels are riding. Lou, rising. Lou, get the cortisol. Lou. Lou, get the, get the ointment. Help us out. Um, so let's okay, do well, this. Thank you, for, thank you for having me on this episode, guys. Well, of course. I really, we're, I really we're, appreciate this. Welcome to the this, podcast, this Irene. opportunity to just share my story. Thank you. Um, so let's uh, do this. It's nice. Let's go back. Okay. I want to do a, I want to, I'm going to do a. Wait, I have a question for you first. Why? Why, why are you asking me the questions? It's my well, episode. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just curious, you know why you think people would even be interested in knowing this. Okay. Like why, why of like of all of the things that we could talk about, like, why do you think that this would be something that people would even care so much about? I think we'll know if they care or not. Cause I can see the downloads. We'll, we'll know if we'll know if you guys are ending the episode <laughs> now or if you're listening all the way through early. Well, here's, yeah. I think a few things. Number one, I think that there are a lot of dental hygienists that have something in their heart that is a bit beyond working eight to five in clinical practice four or five days a week. I think that there are a lot of dental hygienists out there that want to write articles, that want to start speaking, that want to be an influencer or want to create a brand of some kind. And oftentimes don't know where to to get started, or maybe they don't know if this is the right time in their life for that, or if this will fit into their life. Or I think there are a lot of people that, you know, it's like when you see a car accident along the side of the road and you have to look. (laughs) I think really it was not a good, that was, that was not a good analogy. It's true because people want to know what's actually going on behind the scenes. It's the reason, you know what I mean? Like it's, we could, we could put on social media and be like, isn't life so great? Look at me filming my stuff today. But like, what is the reality of you filming your stuff that day? This piece of camera, you know, this piece of equipment isn't working. We don't have messaging from this. We're managing that. We're doing, I mean, there's so many other things that go into all of this. So 
I want to know, I want to really do a deep dive. And for that, we're going to start by doing a way back playback, Irene. And that way back playback is going to go <laughs> to when right. you were, you were graduated from hygiene school and okay. you started to explore the concept of doing something beyond clinical practice. Did you know okay. before hygiene school, did you know while you were in hygiene, like, did you know that at some point you were you going to know my, You want to know my, my why, basically. I want to I know the why. The why. The why. Okay. So I graduated, I graduated dental hygiene school in 2007, which is like a crazy thing to think about how long ago it was. It's crazy. Um, and I, uh, I got my first job while I was still in school. So I had written my boards but I didn't know if I had passed my boards. And I don't know if anyone practiced in the province of Ontario or even in Canada, because it was kind of like a big thing here in Canada. There were a lot of like private schools that were opening up where, you know, you could graduate in 18 months and then you would do a board. And if the school was accredited, you didn't have to do a clinical board. Um, so there were a lot of hygienists oh. that were graduating and not a lot of jobs. It's not, wow. that, it's not like that anymore, right. but yeah. So I applied to like a community college to go to, 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 to go to George Brown in Durham. But those programs, there were so many people that wanted to go in and like hygienists were making good money back then for like the lowest amount of schooling if you were mm -hmm. only doing like an associates instead of a bachelor's. So within like 18 to 24 months, you could graduate and you know, the starting rate at that time was like I don't know, 40 bucks an hour, which was pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I, I went to school, I, I already had a degree. So I went back and and did dental hygiene and graduated. And I was like, shoot, like all my friends are, we wrote our boards and we're graduating in the next few weeks. So all of my friends were going to probably get the jobs that I wouldn't have gotten because I had no experience in dentistry. Mm. Like I wasn't an assistant before. I didn't speak the language. I was young. I was kind of naive and scared and shy. Like people see Wait, me. Wait, you were shy? What was that I still like? am. Like I'm still very awkward when you meet me in real life. Like I was at a conference this weekend and people were coming up to me to like, you know, take photos and meet me. And I went to DIA. So it's like, a, it was, it was very strange. It, to me, it feels very it, awkward and weird. And they're like, I follow you on Instagram. Like they know everything about me yeah. and my dog and my life. And, and then I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you. Like, I don't know what to say. And then I kind of blush and I look away and then I like, I'm like, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and I like run off awkwardly, uh, aggressively applying chapstick. Um, so I was like that then, and I'm still a little bit like that now, but I've come out of my shell a tiny bit. So anyways, I, I applied for a job uh, at a periodontist office right across the street from me, and I got the interview, and I, like, beefed up my resume with, like, family friends that were dentists, or, like, my yeah. family dentist, who I, like, volunteered at a couple of weekends. You're like, he knows so my he period really, chart. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, really upset with me that I took time out of his day to interview me, and I had no experience, and I also didn't even have a license yet. So as he, like looked at my resume and identified that I was not the most qualified person to work in a period practice. He like got up and like flung my resume across the table and was like, you wasted my time. And I was like, I'll work for free. Like the first thing that came out of my That's mouth what you was said. like, I'll work for free. You're so weird. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I was like, I'll work for free. And he was like, what? You tell this like little five foot nothing old Jewish periodontist that you'll work for free. And He's his like, like eyes lit up. He turned around and he was like, he was like from, from, did you ever watch, um, did you ever watch The Simpsons? Mm -hmm. It's like excellent, excellent. <laughs> that was him. He 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 was he was saying excellent. Great job. So I was like, Smithers. I'll work for free for three months, and if you don't like me, like I'll add you to my resume as a volunteer. Um, but if you do, then 
Yeah. So I worked for three months and I thought I was going to get fired. So it was like the end of the three months. And he came into my op and gave me a check. And I was like, what is this? Is this like a, we're firing you letter, but I was never really hired. <laughs> and it was payment for three months <gasps> plus a bonus wow. at $40 an hour. Yeah. That was a big so, check, huh? It was a big check. I bought my first Louis Vuitton bag with that check. I didn't tell my mom because I was still living at home. So, so yeah, so I bought my first designer bag with that check. Heck yeah, um, girl. And then he hired, he hired me a job and then he taught me everything he knew. He like threw me into surgery with him. Um, and you know what that's like, like, that's pretty amazing that straight out of school, they don't teach you how to scale with a flap. No. They don't teach you an extra old fulcrum. Like they, they teach you the bare minimum, the basics. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did that for a little bit and then I worked in a pedo practice and then I you know, did a bunch of other things and went to a cosmetic practice. And, and it wasn't until like six years in where I like wanted to do more. So I'd gone through and like dabbled in all of the things in pedo. And then I worked in ortho. I worked in like a cosmetic practice, Dr. Saul Wise, who did a lot of veneer cases and cosmetic cases. So that was like an eye-opening experience to really learn how to maintain someone's expensive dentistry. Because fun fact, you don't profi those teeth. Fun fact, you don't grab your like coarse grit and you just grind down with your your, um, slow speed or your profi cup or whatever. Uh, on top of those porcelain veneers like there's special polishing pastes that you use like there's special ways that you do it so I learned a lot um and then I met a boy she was a boy he was a girl can I make then I met a boy um I don't know if I've ever told you this story have I ever told you the story of how I had my heart broken and then I became a boss babe I like this story a lot, which is why I'm so excited for you to share it. <laughs> Shit. I don't think anyone's heard this. Um, I've okay, heard it so and I love it. I, uh, okay. So, um, so I started dating. I had like a long relationship that ended badly. And then I didn't date for many years. And then I started doing the online dating thing again. And for anyone that's doing the online dating thing, like props to you. Because that Seriously, was like exhausting. It is exhausting. So exa- it's not a cute Especially when you anybody. go from like meeting someone at a library and like doing the like coffee date thing when you're like 17 mm-hmm. to then breaking up and having to start learning how to do online dating yes. in your 20s. Like it was just weird. Yeah. Um, so met a boy um, and then boy broke my heart mm. after a year because his career, because of his career, because he didn't want to move into the city. He wanted to focus on his career. We were doing like a long distance thing, like a year and a half, mm. uh, or sorry, an hour and a half drive kind of back and forth. So he broke up with me because he wanted to focus on his career. And I went through like a crazy depressed state because mm. I thought like, this is the one. He's the one. Like, this is it. White picket fence, going to have babies. It's going to be great. And then he broke my heart. And I was like, well, this sucks. Now yeah. what? And um, I like became the person that I am today. I started working really hard. I quit the shitty jobs that I had. I started working with Invisalign as a speaker for the first time. I was a team trainer first. So they, they didn't put me on stage for a while. And then when they did put me on stage, it was, it was by chance. Like mm. the speaker's flight was canceled and like nobody else knew the slide deck, but me, because I helped put the slide deck together behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. 
And they were like, well, you're the only person here that's like even knows what these slides are supposed to mean. So you're going to deliver this lecture to like 200 people. Wow. And I panicked. Yeah. Because this was your first presentation, right? And it's for Invisalign. Do you know what I did? I stood right behind the podium the entire time. Just clicked through your slides. (laughs) (laughs) I just clicked through the slides and I looked at my computer. I didn't make eye contact with anybody. It was the worst presentation I think I've ever given in my entire life. And one good thing came out of that. Do you know what I found out years later? What? Do you know who was sitting in that audience? Oh, who? Amber Auger. Oh, oh, I love so her. Amber Auger was sitting in the audience of my very first lecture. I had no idea who she was. And I didn't know this story until years later. And she was like, I saw you giving that Invisalign lecture and it motivated me in my career. <laughs> you like, like that inspired lecture, her? <laughs> that was the worst lecture of any lecture of any person in the entire world. Do you know what though? And it inspired I mean, the now Amber Auger, which is so hilarious. Your worst is like most people's attempting to move from mediocre into better. Like, you, you yeah. know what I mean? It's okay. So hold on. Let's, let's take, let's deep dive a little bit into that. So, because okay. we know that that really started the cascade of a lot of different things, yeah. but a few things that I want our viewers at home to hear. First of all, Irene, you and your career, you started to create a multifaceted career early on. You were working in perio, yeah. you were working in peds, you were working in cosmetics. Because as we start to deep dive a bit more into all the things that you do, it's important to know from a foundational standpoint that you needed to have that experience, right? You needed to work right. in these practices. Oh, yeah. For sure. You had to experience the the doctor refusing to hire you and this and that. All of those things you know, it's, it's this not rags to riches story. Cause I don't mean to say that, but it's like you, and then your heart was broken. Oh these, no, totally. It totally is rags to riches. You, right? Like it totally yeah. was. These things yeah. came at you. And I think it's so interesting because it's so easy to create that victim mentality, that victim mindset. Why is this happening to me? Why did he dump me? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing online dating? Why will this doctor not hire me? Why am I working in this practice that I absolutely hate? Why, why do I not get the equipment that I want? You know, all of those why? things. Yeah. Why? And yet what, what has really happened is you've taken those moments and created inspiration from it. And, you know, I think that there's, there's a certain profile to somebody who does what you do, um, and does it with the, the strength, the term, yeah, determination. I think, the, I think the profile is called psychopath. I think it's, that's how we are profiled. I think it's called an Enneagram. We're usually profiled as a crazy person, <laughs> but you yeah. know, I, it's what you've done is, is <clears throat> it's hard to say in the moment, but I'm, I don't know if you're like this. Cause I know, I know you just started journaling a little bit. Um, I know you're not, a I, big, did. You, I know I'm very proud of you for journaling, but like I, I've been journaling for a few years when I started my business, I started journaling and I don't know about you, but I look back at some of the things that I was scared about or freaked out about. And it's like, mm. oh my gosh, I needed to experience that thing because when I experienced that thing, the lesson that I learned in that has now shown up again in a different way and I'm far more prepared or I'm stronger or I'm better or I'm more articulate or eloquent. The reason why I say this is because what you've done, Irene, in your career, and and I want to talk about this in kind of the next step of this podcast, what you've done in your career is you've paved a way, you've paved a path that not a lot of people have walked in our profession. Like you remember, we both graduated from hygiene school in 07. So you remember even being in hygiene school, right? And maybe going to like your local annual session or whatever as a hygiene student or seeing your faculty. And it's like- I didn't even go to any of those. Okay. So 
we very very seldom did we do any live ce because in canada there isn't a ton of it there isn't as much Mm. of it as there is in the u.s and it's like the same speakers delivering the same topics just with a different title kind of thing and then you're sitting in the audience you're like i feel like i've heard this before yeah and then you realize that it's like the same slide it was just repackaged into something different quite frankly which was one of the motivators as i want of why i wanted to start speaking so that I don't do that. Like, I don't do that. I don't, I I don't repackage anything and give it a fancy new title and change the references to something more current. Like when I create a topic similar to you, it's new and Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there for 40 hours to a hundred hours. Yeah. I just say minimum putting together a new (laughs) lecture with new stories, with new ideas and new concepts. Like it drove me nuts that like someone can just have a wonderful career of like 20 years, but then but literally deliver the same deck. So thank you for saying that because that's something that I found when I was a hygiene student and there were, I mean, there are far more names now, but it felt like at the time there were, there were a handful of names that you would consistently see popping up at a lot of these speaking Mm -hmm. engagements. And to your point, it was like, I've seen this slide before, or this deck seems very familiar. And it seemed as though, um, dentistry was almost kind of in neutral. Um, we weren't moving forward. We, now we have people like you who are out there recreating, you know, recreating topics that are based on what's relevant right now or reimagining topics like what you just delivered at DIA over the weekend where it's like, I'm going to totally take dentistry in a completely different direction with how we need to think about coming together. In addition, we have this concept of influencers now, and this is not new in marketing, but it's new for dentistry. Dentistry is always sure. what, 10 years behind the time. So people looking yeah. at you, looking at your life, looking at your clinical practice and the things that you do and the fact that I am a wet fingered hygienist. Um, I still do treat patients, which I think is another, you and I agree on this very much that how can I be out there standing on a platform and speaking about, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. If I'm not treating patients and doing that myself. Right. Right. So that's another huge piece that we started to see. So I feel like dental speaking and this like influencer space or who people in dentistry look to as the innovators in our profession, that has changed. And that has changed dramatically in our career time from when we were in hygiene school to where we are today. And you, Amber Auger, like you, you ladies are the founders of that. You're the ones that like got out the weed whacker and started paving this path. And the reason why I say that is because when you start to look at some of the challenges that you experience in your day, these are, these are new challenges. You're working with companies aiding in building a marketing or an influence budget or whatever. They've never done this before in many cases, or, you know, you're working to create new topics, right? So, so what you've done is you've, you've had to become creative in a wild way. And I mean that in a positive way, but you've had to be very creative about how do you create the strategic partnership? How do you support? How do you build all those things? And that starts from a foundational layer of, I, I want to work here so badly, I will do it for free. <clears throat> and that's yeah. that that drive, yeah, that gumption true. is so important. So I love that. Okay. So let's let's move into your you do your first Invisalign program. Yeah. And- so I I did the Align thing for for three years. Mm-hmm. And um I know you have some weird things that happen when you work in companies like that. I mean, we don't work in a corporate, in the corporate world. I mean, most of us don't, unless you work for a DSO, but even when you work for a DSO, you're still very much like 
a singular provider in a team setting, what happens behind the scenes on the management side is a little different, but generally speaking, like even if you work for a DSO, yeah, you've got targets and you've got metrics and stuff that you need to meet up with, but you're still a regulated healthcare provider, right? Right. You're not like working for a bank. So yeah, so I did the Align thing for three years and I've never really shared the story of the weird thing that happened when I worked there. Have I ever told you the story? Mm-hmm. I know the no. weird thing that happened should I, there. Should I, should, I, should I do the story? If you feel comfortable sharing, I think, well, now you have to, because now everybody's on the edge of their seats while they're driving to work, listening to this. <sighs> okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll minimize it a little bit. I don't want to minimize it because it's a, like, it was a big deal. But um, so, so I did one of my last speaking gigs. It was in Florida and um, flew in, delivered my lecture. I did a study club on Thursday night, hygiene study club. And then I did Friday morning, I did a team thing. And the, and it's not a morning, it's like a whole day event. You know, you teach people how to take a scan, take impressions, take photos, place attachments, like the whole hands-on experience. Um, and then Friday night, a bunch of people went to dinner and we did this, like, you know, whatever you sales reps, people go mm-hmm. to dinner and we hit up the bar in our hotel, which everyone does mm-hmm. all of the time. It's mm-hmm. like not new news. And one of the sales reps got really drunk, like very drunk. That's so not I a new thing gonna, either. <laughs> it's not a new thing either. I new. mean, you saw my Instagram stories uh-huh. at DIA, like it happens. <laughs> But it's what you do in those situations that is an extremely defining moment. Mm-hmm. So I am the person that can identify when too much is too much. And I'm like, there's one more drink between me and making a complete fool of myself. So I'm going to dip. Mm-hmm. So I started, I said goodbye to everybody and I started to dip to the elevator. The sales rep follows me to the elevator. And I can kind of see him coming from behind. So I like, you know, walked a little bit faster, pushed the elevator door to open. And this person was not staying in the hotel. Hmm. I knew this for a fact. So there's no reason why this person should be entering there's an no elevator There's no reason why this person should be following me to the to elevator. The higher levels. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So luckily for me, somebody at the bar saw this happening. Hmm. Some random innocent bystander gentleman also not staying in the hotel, followed him to the elevator. So it was very strange. I had this like instinct to turn my audio voice note, like audio recording thing on, on, like to take a voice Mm -hmm. note on my phone. And I don't know why my like spidey senses were like, you need, you need a record of this because something's going to happen. And I don't, I didn't know what to, what to do. So I turned this thing on and then the bystander person entered the elevator. I didn't push my floor because I was like, freaking out like I don't want this person to know what floor I'm on yeah which is also an interesting thing that I've I now do because of this mm-hmm. um and the guy comes in the elevator and the sales rep is starts to get belligerent like drunk hmm. saying very inappropriate things mm. putting his hand like not to let the door close and then threatened my career oh and then didn't even know my name. Like he couldn't even remember my name. He kept hmm. saying, what's your name again? What's your name again? So I lied. And I was like, my name is whatever, Susan Sharon, whatever name I used. Mm-hmm. And then he kept <clears throat> using that fake name over and over again. And then he ended with good luck at a line. And I was shaking. And the whole thing recorded, doors close. And I look at this guy uh, who kept telling him to like, you know, leave her alone, yeah. man. Like, she's yeah. not interested. She's not interested. Like, leave her alone, man. They started getting, you know, rowdy. Yeah, one another. a little heated. 
Um, so then doors closed. I'm shaking like crazy. I go to the guy. I'm like, are you staying here? He's like, no, I just saw him and I had wow. a feeling. So I was like, okay, I'm going to push like four floors. So I just started randomly pushing floors and uh, finally got out of my floor, went to my room, like barricaded myself in my room. Wow. Crawling. And then I sent that voice note to, at the time, the educational manager at Align. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I never got booked back for another speaking gig. Hmm. Wow. No explanations. Just contract is over. Contract is ended. And that was it. And for months, I tried to find answers and get answers and to figure out, like, what happened. What yeah. happened. And change of management, I was told. Mm. Contracts were being expired. I had, like, speaking gigs that were booked that got canceled. And and by canceled, we, happened. of course, mean that maybe another speaker got slipped in, but they canceled it with you. Yeah, and they blamed it on geography. And they were like, oh, well, you know, it's an East Coast or West Coast thing. Or, like, this person is closer. And it's like, that's never been a problem. Mm, like, no. you sent me to Hawaii. I was just going like, to say, you, you were sent in Florida. Me to, like, yeah. The, I was in Florida. You sent me to Hawaii. You sent me to California. And, like, now geography is an issue. Wow. So that happened. And that was, like, to me, the moment when I realized that, like, you can't rely on anyone in this industry. Like you can have great partnerships with people. I love the people that I work with today, but you need to be you. And the hardest part of all of that is that I identified as a line. Like mm -hmm, I identified mm -hmm. as like, I am a speaker for a line. Like right. that was it. I was not a speaker for anybody else or anything else. My slide deck was a line. My mm -hmm. messages were aligned. Like everything was a line. And, um, yeah. So that was when I did like my own personal internal 180 to figure out, well, how do I keep doing what I love to do? Cause I loved taking stage at that point. Like I loved being on the podium. I loved interacting with people, but how do I do that for me instead of for somebody else under a different umbrella? The craziest thing is like you then start from zero. Uh -huh, so I went uh -huh. from speaking at Greater New York, Chicago Midwinter, Yankee, ADHA, RDH Under One Roof, Hinman, all of these events that I had planned. I think I did like 75 um, speaking gigs in my last year, like yeah. 150 flights, yeah. 74 segments. And, um, and then I started from brand new. So I would send a message to the meeting organizer and they're like, we actually don't know who you are. And I was like, but mm. I spoke there. Right, but like you were never on the speaker list. It was liaised it was through. Like, it was liaised through this other company. I was like, what do you mean? Like I've done four gigs for you in the last three years. Mm -hmm. They're like, sorry, you got to go through scientific committee. You got to get scouted again. Yeah. So it was like three years of, you know, schlepping to try and make a name for myself. And in the end, I got nothing from it other than this really bad memory. Well, I will say, um, and thank you for sharing that story. First of all, I will say, I'm, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I don't even know if that's the real answer. Like, that's the sad part of it, is I'm here on a podcast that's going to be heard by tens of thousands of people. If anyone from a line is listening, you're welcome. And, and the thing is that without an explanation, yeah. the only explanation that I have derived in my mind is that I pissed off a sales rep. And that is why I was no longer high. Like, it could be that there was a geography thing. Like, it could be that perhaps I just wasn't a good enough speaker. Or it could be that 
budgeting or contracts or whatever. But without an explanation, the only thing that I could do is ex- is expect that it was my last interaction, yeah. right? Like yeah. naturally, what else would you assume that it was? Yeah. And, and, and I, I, what hurts my heart in this whole story is that this is not a new concept. If you speak to a lot of speakers, they have yeah. now certainly not, not a story like this. I, I, I have not had a rep verbally assault me in an elevator, but we've all had experiences where it's like I poured into, I was a representative, I gave this, I gave that, right? You give all of these things, you've built your career around an entity and then you're here just kind of like, okay, so then when all that goes away, what do I do? And it's right. the concept of, do you, do you put all of your eggs in one basket? Now, early on in your career, perhaps there were things that you needed from that. You needed to gather experience around speaking sure. on a zillion different stages and hands-on training. And you needed to work under the direction of an educational department that, I mean, there are a lot of things that people don't understand about like compliance departments. like AGD. AGD approval. Case AGD approval, right. right? Like all those things that like, you don't just slap a deck together right. and send it out. It's like, it has to go through review and scientific committees need right. to look at it or compliance departments need to look at it. And you have to change references or you have to change an image because you titles. don't have, you know, or titles. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> you, you start to learn a lot of those things. Yeah. So then as you move forward, I did. I learned a lot. Much easier, like right? logistics in general, like, like logistics of getting a hands-on course together. Like I'm doing yeah. my very first hands-on course this year, like Mm -hmm. a decade after all of this has happened. And I still feel like, shoot, like there's a lot to figure out on. I did my first hands-on course actually on lasers recently, but nonetheless, it's just, it is a lot. So yeah, I, I, like I took a lot from that. Would I say that I took as much as they took? No, like I definitely gave more than I was given, Mm -hmm. but I mean, that's, that is the sometimes the price you pay when you work with a large company and you are dispensable and you you were, I was always meant to feel like I was dispensable and I missed a lot of stuff so like if I think back to those few years I did everything that I was asked of mm-hmm. I would miss Canadian holidays to do American gigs I would miss birthdays I would miss everything like I I like lost so many friends in that three years because I just stopped getting invited to stuff because they thought that, well, she's going to be away or she's going to be busy or she's never home. Um, Uh and, and even now, like even now I don't travel as much as I did before. I only do like one or two gigs a month, but like a couple of weeks ago, some of my friends were walking around down, down outside, walking their dog and uh, they don't live in town anymore. And I was like, you should have told me that you're here. Like we could have gone for drinks or lunch or something. They're like, oh, we just assumed that you weren't home. Mm-hmm. So it's like this always this like assumption of like being too busy for family and friends. And rightfully so. Like yeah. the, the beauty behind it is you get to have this crazy high when you're on stage. So like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, it's like two days before I get excited. And then one day before I get nervous, I get kind of like, you know, self-doubty where it's like, 
are my slides good enough? Or like, does this music is, are the levels of my audio in every single slide perfect? And then I play through it again. And then I delete some stuff and then I add some stuff in. And then I'm like, no, 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 I should have put that back in. So you go through this like panic uh-huh. mode within the first 24 hours or like on the plane or like the morning Minutes, of, the morning of DIA, I changed almost my entire PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Sarah Thiel's going to look at my PowerPoint and be like, what she presented is not even close to what she mm-hmm. sent us in for, for, for approval. Mm-hmm. But you go through this thing and then you get on stage and all of your nerves are immediately gone. Yep. It's like you stand up there, they introduce you, you walk on stage and it's like you, I get into this just like calm mode. Yep. Somehow the words show up in my mind. Somehow I remember every detail of every little scientific thing that I read one time Mm -hmm. and panicked that I would never remember. So I like wrote it on a sticky note somewhere Mm -hmm. and somehow the words just show up and they show up eloquently and your stories make sense and people laugh and sometimes they don't, but sometimes they don't. It all just happens. (laughs) And then as soon as you get off the stage, you know, people come and shake your hands. They say, thank you. They like gather some piece of education from something that you delivered and then you go home or you go to your hotel room or you get on a plane and you go into this like crash mode yes where you're like I need again it's like for me it feels like drugs it's like I've never done drugs before but to me it feels like this is what it would be like to go on a high and then to need whatever Mm -hmm. drink or something um so I I was without that for so long after that whole like align experience that I needed to recreate the things that I wanted to do so what do you do when all you do and all you know is ortho at this point, like Mm -hmm. so brainwashed over the last three years and like hundreds of lectures, hundreds that it's like, I don't even know how to put anything else on paper. Yeah. And, and it's, it's amazing to, to hear that side of the story because what we're doing now is it's like you're back to ground zero you have experience with building decks, with presenting, with what it's like to be on an airplane. You've already built, and, and you know, we, we didn't touch on this as much as, as I'd like to, but you built a, it's a lifestyle. This is yeah. a, this is, your, and you're absolutely yeah. right. I, my friends are the same way. I, re- you know? I remember the feeling of like when that all happened, one of the first things that I thought of was like, what's going to happen to my lounge access? Like, are they going to take away my lounge access? Like, Mm. when does my, how many segments do I still need to hit? Because it kind of happened like mid-year. So I was like, I need to hit a certain amount of segments and like miles flown with Air Canada and United to like keep my, and I remember that being like, that was like a concern. concern Yeah. My concern was like, how am I going to keep like my lounge, lounge, (laughs) my free coffee and my chicken noodle soup, because I never uh-huh. really eat anything while I'm there anyway. It's like the one glass of wine that I have I once in a say, while yeah, when the I'm there. wine you get in the Yeah, lounge. like that's not very good anyways. So like I remember like those being, and like all of these clothes that I've purchased, like I'm never going to wear these suits again. Like you go through this thing. Um, so the molar of, of that story is that, you know, when, when you, I had to kind of figure it all out and start all over again. And I didn't share any of that stuff. Like this is the first time in years that I'm even saying it aloud. And, um, and I still worked in ortho. Like I worked clinically this entire time and I worked in ortho and I placed buttons and I placed attachments and I sold cases, more cases than, than anyone in my practice ever. Mm. And I resented it. I like, resented how good I was at closing cases for the company that like broke my heart. It was heartbreaking. It really was. 
Ugh. And I, I, I can only imagine, um, because one of the things that oftentimes we forget is when you're on stage and you're representing a company <sighs> and then you go back to clinical practice, you're still representing that company. You are still yeah. there promoting their product and, and you want to be able to stand behind the equipment that you're using, or you want to stand behind the prescription or the treatment recommendations that you're providing to a patient. Right. And to, to have that soured just makes it that much more difficult. I, we're going to have to go into a part two, um, on this because there's <laughs> okay, so we much, can move on. there's, We've moved, no, 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 there's, on. there's so much good stuff here. So we're going to, we're going to have to, we'll do a part two because what I want to know, and we'll pick up where we left off because what I want to okay. know is now we're we're in this state where Irene has had all of this clinical experience and her heart's been broken, not just by a boy, <laughs> but by a company. And now we have to figure out where do we go from here. So I mm-hmm. we're going to conclude this Irene and Train, and then I'll have you guys tune in with us uh, for our uh, next episode of Irene and Train, where we're going to pick up where we left off with Ooh. sad and broken Irene. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll catch you guys on part two. We'll peeps. catch you guys on part two. Um, in the interim, we are, do we do a, a tooth or dare? Oh, I guess we have to. We have to do a tooth or dare. So, okay. Irene, Let's do it. would you like to do are we doing the, the rock, paper, scissors thing? Okay. We have to rock, paper, scissors. Okay. And in the meantime, the rest of you can follow us on Instagram. You can, you can follow, follow me. Irina, Irina, Truth Truth Irina. Irina. You, you can, can follow us on Instagram at truth or dare dot podcast. That's it. All right. She did it. Look okay. at her. She did it. Yeah. Okay, I've been ready? rehearsing. Wrist, wrist warming up. rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Scissors for both scissors. of us. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, she cut me. I, I cut lose. You. Give me a truth. I'll take a truth this time. I'm you're really bad take, at the dares. Okay, you're going to take a, a truth, a tooth. <clears throat> what is one thing that, and you, you don't mention any names, okay. but what is one thing that you have observed one of our speaking colleagues do or that you've seen on the speaking circuit that just drives you absolutely crazy. Hmm. It's not when you like you go on your Instagram and you're like, hello, Instagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I do right. that quite a bit. Um, <laughs> you can it say something I do. It drives me a little bit crazy. And I don't like, I don't mean to generalize this, but it drives me a little bit crazy when... How do I say this politely without offending people? I feel like I'm probably It's a tooth. You should probably just offend people. I know. It drives me a little bit crazy. And I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm still practicing and I love it so much that I never want to retire. But if I were to ever hang up my instruments, I feel like that would be it for me. Like I wouldn't speak on instrumentation. I wouldn't speak on perio. I wouldn't speak on clinical stuff anymore. I would pivot my stuff and speak on, you know, team building or team management or career development. Yes. Because as, as I'm a clinician, like I'm, I'm still a clinician. Forget about me being a speaker as a clinician. I still need CE. Mm -hmm. So I want CE from people that are doing Doing the damn thing. Yes. Hands in the mouth. Not like showing, showing me slides from like, 
the seventies or eighties or a textbook. Yeah. Like I could read a textbook. I don't need you to recite. What is this? Medical emergencies by Stanley Malamed. I'm looking at it. It's on my desk right now. Unless you are Stanley We're Malamed. Like, and then, uh, unless you are Stanley you. Malamed, then, then we love you. Stan, how you doing Stan? I love Stan. Um, or whatever, oral microbiology and immunology by Richard Lamont and Howard Jenkinson. Whatever. Jenkinson. Like, I want to, I want, I want, that kind of bugs me a little bit. And mm-hmm. then the shade that's thrown. It's like, well, I'm, I've been doing this for forever. It's like you yeah. were doing this for forever, you were doing but you're this currently forever. not doing yeah. this anymore. So yeah, that bugs me. That is, and then like there are many people that do that. Yes. And the biggest concern that I have with that is that, it doesn't give opportunity for a new people. And I feel passionately about this because I was that new person yeah. with a drive to talk about clinical stuff that I was doing in private practice. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't get scouted. Like yeah. no one will come to your room. No one will call to invite you to speak because this other person who has been around for a lot longer is going to speak on a topic that they haven't practiced in mm-hmm. over 10 years. And they're going to so, get paid a lot of money to do it. While you're a new speaker and you're so going to go, I love that I'll work like, for free. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what happens. Yep. That's what happens with Instagram. That's what happens with speaking gigs. That's right. It's like, that's why people are taking a cut on what they should be making mm-hmm. because they don't have the experience, um, but they're still practicing. And the people that do have the experience that aren't practicing are getting all the, the, the good gigs. So that's right. That really bugs me. And I think there needs to be like a waiting system almost where, when you submit an abstract, there should be a little box that says, are you currently practicing dentistry or dental right. hygiene? A yes right. or a no. Because um, there is some merit in like you and me struggling, like literally struggling to mm-hmm. get the gigs and also maintain a full patient roster. Right. And wanting to provide clinically significant information because I think Irene, and thank you for sharing that very provocative idea, but thank you for sharing that. Hold on one second. A thought I can share. My husband has a thought that I can share from the other room. Your husband has a thought? The peanut gallery. The peanut gallery. What is it? Oh, accountant. Husband accountant Chris says some bodies will do that. The in-depth tax course, which by the way, my husband teaches. They ask each time you reapply if you're working full-time in tax. Mm. And he assumes that they wouldn't accept you if you were no longer working. Hmm. So Chris teaches, so I'm doing restorative dental hygiene, Mm -hmm. which is a designation, a higher designation in dental hygiene um, to perform whatever, a variety of additional thing. Chris does that for accounting Mm. in tax. So you could become a CA or a CPA, Mm -hmm. but if you wanted to do tax, international tax, whatever tax, then you have to get this designation. So he teaches that course. That's Ah. very fascinating. That is fascinating. And I, it's interesting. And I, I I don't mean to like diminish. I don't mean to, because obviously, you know, my booze got an MBA and does the, the business stuff too, but there's a relevancy to having your hands in someone's mouth. And when you're talking about like changing the body or, you know, cutting into tissue or inserting a, a blade into the subgingival space. Yeah. And it's incredible that other professions have adapted this importance around, are you currently practicing as a CPA? Are you currently helping others with their taxes, right. whatever that may be? And yet we're not sure. seeing that in dentistry. 
I think that's a really important piece. And I will say, I think that there are a lot of people out there, a lot of attendees that show up at courses now that are looking through that lens and going, yeah, but are you still practicing? Because if you're not, then is this relevant to me anymore? Or are you telling me things like how to find the magic minutes in my hygiene hour and you haven't practiced a hygiene hour in a decade? Right. So, right. how can you tell me your, your magic minutes were spent writing chart notes in a paper right. chart with your red blue and developing X-rays and in yep. a red room? That's right. Yep. <laughs> Dipping your your images. I know. So, I, I love that. Thank right. you for sharing that. Um, so, anyways, that's my that is my biggest uh, that is my biggest. I like it. My that is my tooth. That's too. People all are right. gonna hate me for this, but I'm sorry. It had to be said. It had to be said. It, it's out there now. Um, well, thank you everybody for joining us for part one of the behind the scenes, behind the kimono, under the skirt with tooth life, Irene. Uh, Join us for another episode of Irene and Trine where we're going to pick up with our our ingenue, our main character as (laughs) we pick her up from the ashes. And we let her blossom into the beautiful rising rising from from the the ashes. ashes. Yes. Invisalign, if you're interested in discussing what happened, please, you know, please find Irene Irene on Instagram. You may know her. I'm going to send this episode to Josh Austin. Maybe he can get it in the hands of the right people. Oh, Josh Austin knows precisely who to get this to. He he started doing stuff with a line and I told him my story and he was like, oh, damn. So I'm going to send I'm going to send it to J.A. Do it to make sure that he he gets it into the right hands. Anywho, thanks, peeps. I appreciate it. Just like a therapy session for me. That was really good. You feel good. Yeah, I do, too. I'll send send you I'll send you my credit card number. Great. Your bill. Great. You got it. Okay. Yeah, I'll invoice you. Love you. Um, all right. Okay. I love you too. Okay. Tune in, tune in next time for another fabulous episode of Tooth or Dare podcast. Thanks, peeps. Out, peeps. Cheers. 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 And we're back from the flippity flip. From when we were on the flippity flip. We were from previously, before we were, the flippity flip. There was flip. an existence with regards to the flippity flip. And yes. And now we are on the we other side. We have optimized that. that opportunity now here we are (laughs) (laughs) so that was a fun part one of me telling you all of my deepest darkest secrets i watched legally blonde yesterday so i posted a video on instagram yeah um yeah with like bruiser (laughs) who me hi i'm l woods so it's actually my patient i named him l woods and it said prescribing doctor and i wrote dr lou (laughs) in my like cat cam interface Mm. uh they all thought it was really funny but i i went home last night i was like what am i gonna do like i just finished school um it's 420 should i smoke a joint i'm like nah i don't really i don't really partake so i didn't do that but i had a glass of wine and i watched legally blonde and this episode reminds me of when professor callahan invited l into his office uh, oh, and did yeah, the whole yeah, like yeah, yeah. let's yeah. talk about your future right. that is it yeah. like gave me flashbacks of like the dude following me to the elevator saying like good Ew. luck with invisalign and then i ended up getting fired anyways um for who knows god knows what reason i'd really like to know if anyone from invisalign has listened to this episode like if you could do some digging and that'd be really nice i'd like to know why i got myself i hope it's not because professor callahan tried to grope me in the office or slash elevator or i mean wherever anyways thanks again for tuning into another episode very informative oh, episode man. of the to their Dirt <laughs> podcast we're gonna we're we're gonna roll out this part two is what we're gonna do. Oh yeah, <laughs> because yeah, there's there's got to be more to this story and, and it gets I'm, spicy. I'm here to yes, spicy I'm, I'm margaritas. Like, I'm the, 
Barbara Walters of podcasting right now, Barb, just getting it all were, out of you, Irene. You, you dug. You just did. You did the dove dig. right in there. You did. Anywho, <laughs> thanks again, peeps, for tuning in. Um, that's all. That is it. That is that, all. Katrina, love beep, you. Beep, beep, beep. That's all, folks. <laughs> Peace out, peeps. Cheers. So, um, so I did the align thing. Your dog is just like I'm so going sorry. Like, there's, I know is. there's because I'm trying to stop. <laughs> what is that like, toy? We have like, like what is so super, exciting? We're super interested in the squeaky right now. Like, super interested. My internal dog is going crazy. It's like, oh, can we play? Did you? Did your brain just, <laughs> just stop working? Just, I think my brain just went on fire. Um, Literally, you just froze. <laughs> like we just like messed up royally. Remember that time that Irene said she, we don't have enough bloopers? This is part of the bloopers. Oh my god.